obey His word. Then we walk in the light. He's the way and the truth. And in Him is the life. If we obey His word, then we walk in the light. here so far as we get started uh, in our morning here. This is uh, a second installment uh, in the book of Luke, and uh, we're going to be looking at the life of John the Baptist, only only in that he covers really the first, or, or is a major part uh, of the first three chapters of the book of Luke. I said yesterday that we had uh, discussed him some, uh, or, or discussed the the chapters one and two of the book of Luke uh, during the Christmas season. However, I think to do it justice, I need to come back to it and uh, give further consideration to uh, what we find find written there, particularly about uh, John the Baptist. We did cover Jesus uh, in his birth in uh, during the Christmas season. You'd have to go back to the 2023 Christmas season of broadcast to find some of that, we probably, in fairness to uh, exegeting the book, should stick with at least covering parts of the birth of Jesus, even though we did give great uh, significant conversation to it during the time of um, during the time of the Christmas season. But for this morning, as we get started, I, I give a shout out to Don and Fran, Priscilla. Good morning to. You all, and I know others will be jumping in with us here shortly uh, as we get going. Let me put the text of Scripture up for us. We'll start there, and then I have to cut myself over to a different screen where I have a whole bunch of different notes. Uh, 
We looked yesterday at the very beginning. Uh, many have undertaken uh, to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us. It's oral tradition by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good to also uh, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. Uh, again, yesterday, looking at uh, looking at that section of Scripture and talking about it, it just just a, a recap on that. I mean, Luke went to great pains to try to understand things. He interviewed people. I mean. He really did this as a forensic study in, in many ways. He tried to find the eyewitnesses. He he went to perhaps the locations. He uh, he talked to both the followers of Jesus as well as perhaps those who weren't followers of Jesus. He wanted to understand things. And so when he says in verse 3, I carefully investigated everything from the beginning, uh it's something that is written to give us a measure of confidence in what we find here. There are those who want to poo-poo scripture, and I, I, I know that. You know that. We experience that. However, if, in fact, the Bible proves itself reliable, and I believe it does, for reasons like what we find here in Luke 1.3, the careful investigation in Luke one four where he says, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught, we can have great confidence uh, in God's truth. But not only that, but though anyone who argues with us, you need to go back and say, well, what, what's your reasoning? Uh, why, why do you conclude that we shouldn't look at the scriptures? Um, why should we look at any other historical book then? Uh, this has more substance to it, more eyewitness to it, more scrolls uh, in the original uh, writings, more uh, copies of the scrolls passed around circulated before there was a printing press or anything like that. It was so significant that uh, thousands of copies were handwritten, carefully handwritten, and circulated because it was that important. If we can't believe that type of history book, then should we believe any history book? You can go back to somebody with with that type of an argument. Now, I did say we're going to look at the at John the Baptist, or what I would prefer to call John the Baptizer, because in our day, all the Baptists want to claim John. Well, he was no, he's not a Baptist like you know Southern Baptist or North American Baptist or American Baptist or Independent Baptist. Uh, he was John the Baptizer. And he, he has the name because of his activity and because of what he did. Now, at the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest. Now, it's important. The time of King Herod of Judea. This is giving us a, a marker in time. And that marker in time is placed there. And you can go back and study not only biblical record, but other historical records to to learn about King Herod from other history outside of Christian tradition. And why would we want to go to other history outside of Christian tradition? Because it verifies what we're reading here. King Herod was, or Herod was the king uh, or the governor, if you will, of the Judean area. 
And uh, so that's the time stamp that we're reading about here. It says there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Now, Aaron, if you remember, Aaron, Aaron was the brother of Moses, uh, and he began the priestly line. And the, those that would come through the line of Aaron would have entitlement to, to, to that priestly line. I mean, it goes back to the, not only to the family of, uh, Moses and his kids, but it goes back to the family line of Moses and Moses and his brother and Moses' sister, Miriam. So Elizabeth belonged to the lineage of the one who would have the high priestly line in Israel. It says both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Now, I mean, we could we could take much from that verse singularly ourselves. Both of them are upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and regulations blamelessly. And that is far more than what we have in our day. I mean, the, the, the Jewish ceremonial, civil, legal uh, regulations, customs, practices far exceed what we have in our day. But yet they were they were wanting to understand them. They were wanting to follow them. They were wanting to to, to, to live them out. And so it says of them in verse six, both of them are upright in the sight of God. You know, to be living our lives in such a way that someone could say of us or could write of us that uh, we are upright in the sight of God. Uh, that that's how we would want to live, to, to live being upright in the sight of God. And it says they did it blamelessly. I can't say that I, I do what I do blamelessly. I can't say it. I wish that I could. Uh, my mind is sometimes get the best of me. Uh, my tongue sometimes gets the best of me. Um, my attitude sometimes gets the best of me. Uh, these things happen to us. So background about the parents, they're people that God was pleased to bless with the child that would be announced to them as we continue uh, reading through the text here this morning. Got to move something on the screen just so I have more view here. Uh, Continuing down in the passage, we read this. It says, uh, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God. I mean, there there's the priestly office and then the priestly function. He is performing the, the function. Uh, it's kind of like being an elder. If, you know, an elder doesn't have to be an elder just because they're doing elder things. They are elder because uh, of their qualifications and their recognition. And Zechariah was uh, a priest by family line. He was a priest by vocation. Uh, It doesn't mean that when he was home with Elizabeth that he was necessarily functioning as a priest then, but he was still a priest. And verse 8 is telling us now that he was on duty. Uh, there are times when you're on duty and times when you're off duty. Uh, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. 
And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And, and this this is where it now picks up. And let me move this down uh, or up on the screen. Now the angel of, a Lord, of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said, now these are familiar words to what we read in Christmas, in the Christmas story. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Now, just a moment to talk about what prayer. I mean, even in our day, it's still true. If you're, if you're a barren woman, <clears throat> there's a sense of disappointment with being barren uh, in our day. In their day, it was not only disappointment, it was shame, uh, kind of a culture of shame. You, you did something that, that uh, makes you guilty, therefore God has not blessed you with a child. And so Zechariah and Elizabeth had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and, and I would assume maybe by now they have given up praying because they're well along in years. We'll read that in the text uh, but yet God reserved the answer for their earlier prayer for a later time. Sometimes God will do that with us. Sometimes God will reserve an answer to prayer until the time is right, until it's his appointed time. So don't lose heart in your praying. In verse 13, the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Now, I mean, very specific instructions here, right down to the naming of the child and what the what the child's name will be. It says, He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Okay, so we have his name. We have some description of what he will become. He will become a joy and a delight. He will cause many to rejoice, and he will be great in the sight of the Lord. I mean, would you not love to get that type of announcement? Most of us that are parents, I mean, we we would be pleased if our kids were walking with the Lord. And uh, so that's our prayer for our kids to walk with the Lord, to know the Lord for our grandkids to walk with the Lord and, and to know the Lord. But they're told, even before he's born, he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. And, and this is fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy that is beginning to happen here. And then they give fur, they are given further instruction. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. The, the idea of wine or fermented drink uh, is part of what was called a Nazarite vow. Uh, Jewish people, followers of God, priests, uh, prophets, uh, were were not told to abstain from fermented drink like uh, ciders or uh, or wines or things of that nature. They were not f- f- verboten. That's forbidden from drinking uh, alcohol. But when they had this Nazarite vow that they had taken or that was placed upon them, like Samson was one who had a Nazarite vow, uh, 
they had a higher standard that they were to go to and that standard of not drinking fermented drink and not drinking wine. And it says, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Now, I got to ask a question. Do you recall the thing that happened while he was still in the womb that was an indication of the Holy Spirit being upon John, even in the womb? Just just think about that. I, I You can put it in the comments, and uh, um, if you can recall uh, what that was that took place, we'll probably end up reading it here at some point, but I'm giving you a chance to put in the comments the indicator that the Holy Spirit was on John the Baptist, even in the womb. And it goes on, it says about him, verse 16, many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And um, so he is doubting. He's saying, how can this even be? Uh, an old man, he might be saying, look, I, I, I'm past the age where I can have children. He's probably saying uh, Elizabeth is, is past the age where, you know, she's probably already seen the seasons of hot flashes and, and all of that type of thing that comes through through menopause. She's, she's well past that. That's what Zechariah is saying. Uh, how, how can this be? We're older people. It doesn't work that way. And that's, that's kind of what he is saying down in verse 18. Now I do have an answer. Someone has, someone gets today's gold star. That's Priscilla gets the gold star today because he, she comments, uh, that, uh, John the Baptist, John the baptizer leapt when Mary walked in to visit, to visit Elizabeth when she was pregnant with Jesus. That's it. The Holy Spirit was upon John the Baptist even then. And that, that is an indicator that he leapt in the womb when Mary entered the room. Now, back to the text. He goes on before the Lord in the power and spirit of Elijah. So Luke captures the idea that, that this is a, a fulfillment of the coming of Elijah, even though John the Baptist himself would say, no, it's not. Jesus would go on later on and say, aha, uh-huh, yes, it is. Uh, and we'll get into that more later. Uh, but what does he do? He turns the hearts of the fathers to the children, disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It, it, what a great statement, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We have a role in preparing people for the Lord as well. We're, we're told to prepare people for the Lord. Uh, how? By sharing Christ with him. How? By cultivating relationship with him. How? By planting the seeds of the gospel with them. How? By along the way asking them if they're, if they're ready to begin following Jesus as well. Cultivate, planting, reaping, CPR. Uh, we have in, in essence a, a responsibility. And how can we make people ready, prepared for the Lord? First, by preparing ourselves. First, by making sure that our own hearts are right. First, by making sure that we are uh, all that uh, the Lord wants us to be. Uh, That is how. How can we prepare people for the Lord? Uh, By them seeing Jesus in us. 
by us living as forgiven people, by us living as uh, righteous people, by us trying to walk after the Lord. And the Lord knows if you're walking after him or not. He knows He knows if you're pursuing him or not. He knows our hearts. He knows uh, what grips us. He knows. Uh, and so for us in our lives to, even if we need to, even if you need today to return to the Lord now, and the sound of my voice, whether it's this live hour from 6 to 6.30 on this Friday morning, the 20, what is today's date? The 29th day of December. Uh, he knows your heart today. You can return to him today and say, Lord, help me be right with you. Help me to walk with you. Back to the the text. When Zechariah asked the angel, how can this be? The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Now, I, I want to underscore the fact that Gabriel didn't come of his own accord. God sent him. It wasn't him just saying, well, I think I'm going to go down and give this news. Uh, no, he was sent by God. He was a messenger of God sent specifically to uh, Zechariah to give him this news. Angels don't do their own bidding. They do the bidding of the Lord. That was his responsibility. And it's interesting that, that Gabriel is is one of the higher up angels, or maybe he's the messenger angel because he is, he is frequently the one that we read about in Scripture as the one who delivers messages to people. It said, I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. Now, one of the things I just I want to talk about here a little bit is the challenge to us to believe God's words. It says, you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you do not believe my words. Do we believe God's word? Would God sometimes choose to silence us because we don't believe his word? Uh, and a very unique thing happened to Zechariah as we continue reading here. He, in fact, will will become deaf, uh, not deaf, uh, mute and not able to speak because he refused to believe God's word. And and God is giving you an opportunity to believe his word today. Uh, and you have to choose if you will believe his word or not believe his word, if you will walk with him or not walk with him. That needs to be the choice that you make. <sighs> said, you'll be silent, unable to speak until the day this happens because you do not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, outside, people are waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed in the temple so long. I mean, how long does it take to, to light the incense? Not that long. When he came out, he could not speak. They realized he'd seen a vision of the temple for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time for service was completed, he returned home. Now, he may have been there several more days before he was able to return home. 
after his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he's shown favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Again, I, I highlighted for the for us the fact that to not be able to have a child in those days was looked upon with great disgrace. Today, oftentimes in our modern society, it is more a case of I feel bad for me. Uh, in their day, it was you would feel bad for yourself, but other people would look on you with disdain, thinking that you had done something that merited God responding to you in such a way as to prevent you from having children. You know, were you an adulteress and, and were, were you sinful? Were you, and those are the types of things you, you're a sinner and that's why God did this to you. And this is why God has kept you from having children. Wasn't the case at all here, at least for Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were upright. They were pursuing after the Lord uh, and the Lord had heard their prayer many years before Uh, And now he gives the answer. Friends, sometimes we get discouraged. We don't see the answer. But the answer comes. And when the answer comes, we praise God. Don't think of God's silence in response to your prayers as, as him ignoring you. Think of it more as him telling you the necessity of waiting. He will answer. There there are three answers to our prayers, you know. There's yes, there's no, and there's wait. And I guess maybe there's a fourth answer. Well, I I hear what you're asking, but I'm going to do this in a different way. So there there could be a fourth answer as well. So um, I I, I encourage us to, to think about praying, trusting God with our prayers, and knowing that God will work in God's timing. Knowing that, uh, and and just to understand that God's answers are never contrary to his word. Uh, he will do things in keeping with his word. Now, this is the section where Gabriel comes to Zechariah. Uh, and we've learned some lessons about Zechariah. Now, all this has to do with Jesus because all this is leading up to Jesus. Uh, the, the next section here in the book of Luke that we look at is the, the birth of Jesus foretold, which we looked at during the during the Christmas season. Uh, and down at the end of this section at verse 36, it says, even your relative, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary answers, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. So that little little bit, I mean, Mary has given the news about Jesus. Uh, Elizabeth has given the news, or Zechariah has given the news, and Elizabeth given the news about John. Uh, and then... Next week, we'll pick up reading where Mary visits Elizabeth, and as Priscilla already got her gold star, uh, she got the answer right. When Mary walks in the room, John leaps in the womb of Elizabeth because Messiah, Yeshua Habashik, is 
present. And so the baby leaps in the womb. And, and we'll pick up with that next week. We've got much, much, much to consider about the importance of John the Baptist. This just uh, outlines a little bit of background from the text itself. I love to stick to the text as much as we possibly can. Next week, I'll dig into some other historical or uh, uh, not only historical, but uh, scholarly commentary type of uh, insights to help us have a, a, a much more keen appreciation for John the Baptizer. What are lessons for us today? Uh, lessons that, that God will work. Lessons for us, live uprightly with God. Listen, uh, lesson about continuing in our prayers and believing God and a lesson in when God tells us to do something, we need to go and do it or else he might just silence us. So friends, uh, it's it's the end of the half hour. We've spent our time together considering uh, from Luke chapter one, uh, John the baptizer, uh, who will be the forerunner to Jesus. And, and we're looking at the life of Jesus through the lens of Luke. Well, the story of what happens with John the baptizer is a part of the story of Jesus, and it will give us great insight into our Messiah. Friends, I'm going to let you get into your day. Encourage you to have a great day. Lord, hear our prayer that we would walk with you and glorify you today. Help us to make whatever changes to our lives we need to make that we might honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good day, everyone. I will see you not next Monday. I'll see you next Tuesday. I'll see you next year. Have a great day.